Second and victory. What is up, Titans fans? Welcome back to the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. As you know, the Buffalo Bills were generous enough to pay $1.5 million to the FCS Tennessee Titans on Monday night. Uh, before we get into the shit show that was in Buffalo, uh, stop what you're doing. I tell you guys this every single week. Hit pause. Skirt. Go hit subscribe and follow to the podcast, please. Make sure you download the episodes each week. We appreciate all the support that you guys are giving us. Make sure you're spreading the word about the podcast. Tell all your friends, all your Titans fans, the people you sit with at the game, the people you walk by on the street who's wearing a Titans shirt, let them know. Hey, have you listened to the Second Victory Podcast? And if you haven't, you need to. We are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. BSM has relaunched with a new logo and a ton of new features, including Broadway Insider where you will get exclusive access to all premium articles. Uh, I know they run some killer specials right now, so go check that out and take advantage of that offer. BSM is the place to get your latest Titans news and coverage. You can also get Nashville SC and Preds coverage too. And again, get us on Twitter, at Second and Victory. And go visit our merch store. Chris, I don't know if you saw, but we've had some people buy some merch here recently. We have, yep. So go check that out, secondandvictory.com. Uh, guys... Listen, going into Monday night, we talked about it last week. I, we, I don't think we were, I don't think any of us expected a win. I just thought they would play up to the competition because they usually do. They play up to competition, they play down to competition. They beat teams uh, they're not supposed to, and they lose to teams that they're supposed to beat. And Monday night was the complete opposite. They got their ass kicked by a team that they were supposed to lose to. Um, Awful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to start. Boys. It's the manner. It's the manner and the way that the team lost. I think that shocked everybody more than anything else. Because I think if anything, people yeah. expected you know, thirty-one twenty. Maybe you know you're you're in it until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Then it's you know twenty-four thirteen, something like that. But it's the it's the manner and how they lost. The first half kind of went about how I expected. I mean, I figured I figured yeah. Titans would go into halftime down a touchdown they ended up being down 10 points but i mean it was just like a snowball of everything that can go wrong went wrong in that second half but that's the thing though like that first half 70 yard touchdown drive like i don't think anybody was expecting that and by the way two for two on opening touchdown drives this year yeah that's at least a positive that means todd we'll get in that shit todd down he's at least scripting the the first drive correctly after that yeah, it's like why not script the rest they of the didn't score correctly. on many first they didn't score on many last year oh no drives, right no. yeah uh-uh. a couple maybe yeah maybe, maybe. yeah so it, it's definitely an improvement to, to see that this year that's about the only thing they're doing well right now on offense is the opening drive if they can just cut the game off after that titans are good uh but 75 yards came on the first drive. They only had 112 yards of offense the rest of the game. Think about that. Stephon Diggs had more receiving Think yards. Think about that for a second. It was wild. I, 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 mean, mean, I mean, it's 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 almost unfathomable that 
this team was I mean, what did Derek finish with? Twenty five yards? Yeah, thirteen for yeah. twenty five. Which is unbelievable. Hey, it's the I mean, lowest it's the lowest he's had since the Titans got shut out in Denver when Ryan Tannehill became the quarterback of the Titans. Oof. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a rough situation. Well, and I, I you knew it. I mean it was going to be a bad night from the get go when the first uh, the opening kickoff Trenton Cannon goes down. And you're like, yeah. well, shit. Yep. Like, okay, all right. First play on offense. Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan goes down. You're like, okay, th- this is not good. Can we, nobody else get hurt? And then from there, it's kind of a bowling ball effect of mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, uh, oh. Ola Dainey, Ugo Amadi. Uh, who else? Ugo, Ugo Amadi, Lonnie Johnson. Everybody just started limping off Joe Jones. Everybody started limping off the field. You saw Burks limp at one time. You're thinking, holy sh! Like, what else can go wrong tonight? And then the second half happened, <laughs> and it just got much worse from there. What is? Yeah. What is more concerning to you guys right now? Is it the fact that they're other than the starting five on the offensive line, they don't feel comfortable about anybody? Or the fact that when Christian Fulton goes down, Caleb Farley can't even step up right now to become that next TB. I mean, Caleb Farley looks like a guy who's played four games in the last two plus years. I, mean, which he, I get yeah. that. I get that. It's just weird because, like, you know, we see it in practice and we hear about it in practice too about how much of a dog he looks like and how confident he is and the shape that he's in. And when he gets on the field, it's like he's it's it's a whole different ball game. I mean, it's, I, it's, it almost feels like a situation where he's practicing like he wants to practice, but playing like he wants the coach to coach, like the coach wants him to play. Almost not not like how he wants to play. Uh, I don't know if it's it's kind of playing scared a little bit, especially because, I mean, that's where he tore his ACL, right? It was against Buffalo correct, last year. Um, so on Monday Night Football, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, that right kind of had to be you know, stuck in his head a little bit. Um, but I mean, it it was, it was really, it was trial by fire for him. I don't, you know, I don't think they in, intended to be going into week two with Caleb being pretty much one. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, obviously Fulton, Fulton's injury, uh, played into that big time. But, uh, when it got to a point where, um, Ugo was, was down and, you're, I mean, there was there was a significant period of time where I think the three corners on the field were um, Roger McCreary, Chris Jackson, and uh, Trey Avery. Who did not. That ain't good. Uh, welcome to the NFL, Trey Avery. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what the worst part about Monday night was. Uh, I mean, the cornerbacks looked terrible. The offensive line looked atrocious. The run game, it... it, it it's hard for me to comprehend how this team is a run-first offense, a run-heavy offense, and they're the, one of the least efficient teams in the league right now. Well, it's because look where you're running the football. It doesn't make any sense. You're not running to your strengths to me. Yeah. Ditch the pitch. Please, man. That's a, hey, that's a good little slogan, dude. Put that on a T-shirt. That's got to go. Put that that's on a T-shirt. has got to go. Ditch the pitch. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the most aggravating thing right now about Todd Downing and watching this offense, that everybody else – I think I said it last week too – because it happened the week before as well. Everybody else knows what the Titans should be doing, except the offensive coordinator himself. Dude, it's weird. You don't go ahead. Pitch the ball to Derrick Henry. You don't 
put five five wide, and he's your he's your wide receiver with Cody Hollister and Jeff Swain, and who else was and, it? Chig, Tory Carter, no, Tory Carter. Car- like what kind of? <laughs> but you know, it's it's funny because I saw a clip of uh, the Dolphins doing that exact same thing. They went they went with a heavy package. They went with a heavy package. Had their running back, fullback, and tight end out wide, and had I believe Jalen Waddle uh, and one other player in in, in all, like an offset slot, and Jalen Waddle had a sixty yard pass. Yeah, the problem is I, I I I think I think Todd has has ideas that could work, but he's not putting his personnel out there in a in a in an efficient way. Um. I could pretty much sit there, I think, and call every play was either a run or a pass based on the personnel that were on the field. Uh, yeah, because and you know that you know the Bills can do it if if us fans well, can do Jared, it. You know? Jared Stillman tweeted out today, and it was a, a good point by Jared. Uh, he's he uh, <laughs> the first the first. Yeah, I didn't know how I was going to word that, but Jared said today he said because he went back looked at some plays. First down, Titans went five wide, empty set backfield. You know what's coming. Second down. Receivers were off the field except for one. Jeff Swain was in. Cody Hollister was in. I think Chig was in. Derek was in the backfield. You know what's coming. Third down, Robert Woods was in. Traylon was in. And Derek and Ryan were in shotgun. And Austin Hooper was in a tight end. Again, you know what's coming. Like, it's almost like first down, he said the first down pass was incomplete. Second down, which I believe was a pitch again, lost five yards. Now you're sitting at third 15 and you put your main receivers back out there. It, I mean, it's obvious to know what's coming up. I wish I had the uh, access to the All-22 because there was one play I noticed where they had Jeff Swain split out wide, uh, bottom of the screen, and he uh, moved in. Uh, he shifted and moved in closer to the line. The defense didn't react at all because they already knew it was a run because Swain was on the field, and they, they uh, got, got Henry in the backfield for a loss. Swain, Swain is what they call the best blocking tight end. His blocking numbers for the first two games have been atrocious. Yep. There's just so much to talk about. Like I said, the problem I think is is being a run first team and being the least efficient at it, and then we're not changing it and not adapting throughout the game. And then when you try and pass, for example, against a great defense like Buffalo, and you don't have time because your offensive line sucks, that doesn't help. And then going five wide with one wide receiver is just silly for this team to do, especially. Bro, you have you have Robert Woods and you have Traylon Burks. Use them. When Traylon gets the ball yeah. in his hand, bro, he's looked nice. He really has. Yeah. And Robert, I, I Robert said it. Looks I said it last week. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. The bright spot on this team, especially on this offense right now, is Traylon. He Burks. looks good when he has Correct. the ball in his hand. He Correct. looks. He looks exactly like what you hoped Traylon Burks would yes. be. Correct. And. He still only played twenty. I think he increased from twenty-two to twenty-four snaps uh, in game, in week two. Um, but and, and you know, obviously, a lot of that came into play because of you know uh, bringing in Malik and and all of that. And I, I know Hollister and and those guys were playing a bunch of snaps at that point. Um, but you've got to get him more involved. Bro, and he's every time he every time he touches the ball it's it's a chance to be elected. Bro, it's have you seen a play that's been like oh well, what probably wasn't a good play to trade on. Like nothing has gone for 2 yards, nothing's gone for everything's gone for like 8 plus yards. When you throw it across yep. the middle, he breaks free, he's good in space. 
He can get through the tackles. And Traylon said, like, you saw uh, when he burned, I don't remember the DB's name, against the Giants when they missed the DPI call on Traylon that was probably going to go for a touchdown. Traylon said he likes man coverage because to him it's disrespectful and he wants the ball in that case. Bro, if they're out in man, just try it. Just throw it for 60 yards one time. See what happens. And if he makes the grab, then you know you can trust him. I mean, if you're down big, just try it. The – on the opposite side of the ball, I do think there was another piece of, of positive uh, to come out of this game. And that was a money hooker, again. Um, that should have been an interception. Uh, the fact that it wasn't reviewed uh, is mind-blowing, especially because it yeah. was within two minutes. And that could have changed the whole trajectory of the game, too, at that Correct. point in time. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Monty's, Monty, Monty's got a little bit of a young KB in him. And that he's he's kind of found a nose for the ball, um, so I, I think that's another positive, and I hope he can keep doing that. Yeah, I think something that that kind of went unnoticed, and I don't think a whole lot of people talked about. So right after that, which should have been an interception, I believe they did they did they score a the touchdown there to Diggs? Was it, it was, was either it the Diggs, field goal? No, it was, I thought it was the touchdown when Zach Cunningham missed the tackle in the backfield, the easy tackle. It, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, which is okay. awful. So you're down ten, seventeen uh, seven about a minute left, two timeouts, you have the ball, receive the opening second half kickoff, you have a chance for a opportunity for a big momentum swing. At least go down, get go, get three, get some get some points. If you can score, awesome. But just letting the clock run out. Well did you hear what Tannehill said? Is piss poor. Did you hear what Tannehill said? To not to not get anything, to not try is ridiculous to me. Tannehill, Tannehill yep. said, I wanted to go down. I was ready to call the plays. I wanted to move the ball, and it was a coach's decision not to, so I, so that's what we had to go with. I think that's something else that we have not even thought about is the no huddle they ran at times last season. Tannehill was calling those plays. Yep. They're pretty successful at that. Yep. I mean, the, the no huddle was the most successful offense we ran all season. I think that uh, watching that game, and it didn't help that McCurry and, and, and Farley were playing nine yards off the receiver of Diggs. Again. But wa- watching, watching their offense and the quick slants, the, 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 the quick passes to keep the defense on their toes, the upbeat, up-style offense they had, replicate that. If you see it's working for other teams, why don't you do that? Why be so naive to think we're going to stick with the game plan, stick to what we do best, What's working? What's what you're doing right now, Coach? It's not working. Yeah, I mean, look, I you, that you scored 27 points in two weeks. I know you're one of the worst offenses in the league at the moment. I know there's a difference, obviously, between you know there's going to be different schemes, different personnel between offensive coordinators and stuff like that. But if you're Todd Downing, would you not want to like you you were on the staff when the Titans were a top three offense in the league as the tight ends coach, watching Arthur Smith just do an awesome job? Would you not want to just try and replicate that? I mean, I miss Arthur. Oh my gosh, dude. Well, I mean, shoot, he he might be back if he doesn't start using Kyle Pitts in that offense. But like, well, well was, even more to your point, Brett. Like, you you hear all of Titans fandom calling for your head. Like, all of they're them. very aware that that fans are calling for him to be fired. Vrabel even was asked about it. And why in that situation would you not want to be trying everything you can do to prove everybody wrong? Here's the quote from Mike today that that's kind of interesting to see what happens after this and what he meant by this. He said, this is not time for wholesale change. It's time to get back to basics. Are we not already basic? 
<laughs> yeah, what do you right? But what what does he mean by that? Yeah. Like, does it mean getting back to the offense that worked? Does that what he means? Because if that's well, the case, then go great. Twenty twenty, then. Or does it? Or does it just mean he expects players to uh, do the fundamentals and make sure that they know that they're fulfilling well, their duties? I, I think what what I'm, I'm kind of sick of is the next man up mentality that 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 we keep hearing about. This is not the same roster as it was last it's year. Not, in it's not a better roster than last year, man. No, yeah. There's, there's the lack of depth is truly showing right now uh, through the, the the draft misses, some of the free agent signings and trades that have happened, the misses there. Um, it's starting to show, especially against a team like Buffalo, where they just absolutely pounded you for, what, two and a half quarters maybe? Look, man, like, how bad is it? What, even three quarters? How bad is it then when you draft a tackle in the second round, your starting left tackle goes down, your your uh, last week you had another guard go down, and you're not comfortable with putting your second round pick in for either week, and the guy you traded for three weeks ago is already well in front of him in the depth chart. Yeah, it's safe to say Ravens is a it's a massive swing and miss. And you Ravens must have to be horrible because Dennis Daly was awful beyond. And the bad. wild thing too is is Ravens and Des Patrick both won off season awards from Vrabel. Dez not even on the team. Raidens can't even see the field. Uh, it, um, I, the the thing that makes no sense to me with with a guy like Dylan Raidens is, uh, you know, I I personally I understand why he lost the job to MPF for the right tackle position. MPF's doing a great job because MPF has looked good. Yeah, he's been your best um, offensive. I mean, I think. I think MPF is is the right tackle for this team for the next decade. David Stewart, Volume Two, you know. Yep. Um, but Ray Duns is better fit for the left side. He always has been. He was in college. He was when he first got here. He's a better fit playing on the left side. And the fact that they still don't want to play him there, he he must just be I awful. Mean, I mean, awful. And, and and that's the weird thing is like he looked good against the Niners. Was it Niners? Niners? He came in against the Niners last year and looked fine. He had to start like, too. What is wrong, dude? And like I mean, it's so bad no, too. It was another tweet that Stillman put out today that was another good one. Stillman went back and looked at one of the pitches to the left side. You gotta quit. I, bro, you gotta quit giving good. Stillman credit, man. Good. I'm telling you, I'm giving him credit. Uh, but there was another pitch to the left side that, that shouldn't have gone out. <laughs> but he he put out like a a threat of two plays. There was one was the pitch to the left. For some reason, Aaron Brewer blocked inside and went the wrong way. Swain missed. Dennis Daly missed. Derek was tackled for a three yard loss. Another pitch in the game. Swain, uh, Brewer, and Daly, all of them at the same time whiffed on their block, and it was like a six-yard loss. And it wasn't it wasn't even – because people were saying, well, Derek, I mean, he does look a step slower. I'll give him that. But like you said the other day, Austin, there's, there's no blockers there. But especially on that play, because people talking about, well, Derek can't get going. When you have all three guys – I'll find the tweet and show it to you guys. All three guys whipped at the same time, he has no chance to go anywhere. Yeah. And let's remember in week one, the reason that the the run to Chig failed is because Lawan missed a block. Yes. It's, offensive line is a is a a huge is the biggest question mark on the team right it's, now. It's failing on on all levels. We knew it would be coming into this. Yeah, yeah, we did. 
that, but you know, that's this is this is a, a, a new group that you knew had to take time to gel together, and the coaching staff still didn't play them in the preseason to give them a chance to gel. And I think that's a concern. Uh, some stats to give you after two weeks. Uh, the Titans' offense ranks 27th overall, 25th against the pass, and 24th against the run while putting up. Imagine, imagine being a fan of one of those other uh, four offenses because that's – Oh, my gosh, offense. dude. That's horrible. Who, yeah, who – hang on. Uh, Titans, Titans look so bad. Be, I can't imagine a worse offense right now. Are the Colts worse statistically? Do you know, Austin? I'm not, I'm not positive. They're 28th in points. They average 13 and a half points per game. <laughs> Defense overall, 25th. Um, 17th against the pass, 31st against the run, and they are 30th in points, giving up 31 points a game at the moment. Dog, 13 points a game on offense, dude. Uh, another stat for you. The Titans have started the season 0-2 four times since uh, 1999. So this this is the fifth year. Uh, the 2001, their final record in 2001, they went 7-9. and nine. In 06, they finished 8-8. Eight and 8 09, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. In 2012, they finished 6-10. and 10. So history tells you that they are not going to be any better than 500, which we know is not possible now. But, um, yeah, which brings me to my next point. And a question I have for you guys. Um, at, at this point, I won't be shocked if they win the South because of such a weak division. I know there's a lot of people you know, already throwing money on the Jags to win the division. It's week two, guys. Let's give it time. But I also won't be shocked if they're picking in the top ten uh, come the draft. We're about to find out how good Mike Vrabel is, and I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Um, I've had so many people text me, fire this person, fire Downing, fire Bonin, fire Aukerman. Fire Vrabel. This is a guy that just won Coach of the Year after coaching 91 different players on the active roster last year. I'm not ready to hit the panic no, button just no, yet. No, I'm not either. Things are not good. Things are not good. Things are not great. Things are actually bad right now. Things are the worst been. they've been in the Vrabel era. 100%. So let's see how what happens now. Yeah. I, like we said before, he has earned our trust for him this to fix a- this. This is a different kind of adversity than he's ever faced. 100%. Obviously, the injury adversity, the COVID adversity. This is a different one, and man. Dude, this is bad I mean, football. You're not, it, it is bad football, but like Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season his entire career as a head yeah. coach, which, is, which is insane. But not every single person is is going to do that. So, I mean, and I'm not saying that we're going to have a losing record this year, but like, I mean, not every single year. Like, if you're the, if you, if we make the playoffs, by all means, good. If we make the playoffs and don't win the division, as long as we win the playoffs, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're competitive on the football field, just show up. Yeah, I, I agree. We talked about it before the you know before the season actually started. This is not a Super Bowl winning team. It never was going to be. Um, but a this team should constantly compete for the division. They should win the division. So I'm not ready to hit panic just yet. They have a lot of adversity uh, right now that they have to overcome. But I think that the, what, what's promising to me, if you listen to guys after games in the locker room for practice, they still believe in one another. They, they want do. to fix this. You are not hearing the the negative notions of, you know, fuck this, I'm, I'm, for lack of better words, fuck this, I, I'm over this, coaches need to get better, yada, yada, yada. 
Mm-hmm. It's so early. This is not first of all. That's not the group that this team is anyway. Uh, they're always gonna you know lean on one another. But there's still plenty of ball left. I think if they go out there and beat the Raiders, which also have some issues, which we'll talk about here in a mm-hmm. second, they're zero and two as well, um, and gave a twenty to nothing lead against the Cardinals. They're lucky. Uh, the Cardinals are lucky. Byron Murphy didn't drop that two two and a half seconds earlier. But very true too. Very true. Um, they win Sunday. Then the kind of the monkey's kind of off your back. All right, all right. You 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 won. You beat the Raiders. Cool, great. You beat a good team. Now what? Okay, then you go play the Colts. Mm-hmm. Beat them. You're two and two. Play Washington. Then you go on the road and play play the, a, a decent Commanders team right now. Carson Wentz is looking good. You beat them. You're three and two again. Things are back on track. I'm I'm just I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I mean, but, go ahead, Chris. And it's a situation where you're in in a, a week's time. You're going to be playing the Colts. Who very well could be, you know, two and one and two, or sorry, one one and one. Um, <laughs> but that's a team. That's a team that's people need to remember. That's a team that has lost and tied two division opponents so far. The Titans have only played an NFC team and the best team in the AFC. Probably the best team in the league. So uh, probably the best team in the league. This, this is not a situation where the Titans are are in a uh, in a the bottom of the barrel situation in the division. Like the Titans actually have have a leg up in the division because they haven't played division opponents yet. I think, I think one thing that's really gotten to a lot of people is you think about some of the some of the the last few biggest games in Nissan Stadium. You had the playoff loss to Baltimore in a game that you probably should not have lost. You had the playoff loss to Cincinnati in a game that you definitely should not have lost. You have the loss to the Giants in a game that you definitely should not have lost. You have the losses last year to like the Steelers, to the Jets, to the Patriots. It's those games are the ones that really bother people, and that those are the ones that are make people kind of uneasy when they come back in Nissan Stadium because three of the last biggest games in Nissan, you haven't shown up. That's a good point. Yeah. I just think this team needs some good things to go their way to get fans off their back, to get the media off their back. I think just for some some positivity in that locker room. Uh, I think wins will always will always fix everything. Yeah, they will. And I think too, if you really, really, really want to make everybody um, uneasy or make them less uneasy on Sunday, don't go out and play the game like you did against the Giants. Like you need to go out there and you need to just from the first kickoff to the end of the game. Even if it's like 24 to, to, to 12, 24, 13, you're in control the whole time. You don't show any let up. You don't let them feel like they're coming back in the game. And I think that more than anything will make people feel better about moving forward. Uh, I want to hit on this real quick before we get into Twitter questions. We got a few um, left tackle situation. So we know Taylor Lewan is out. We don't know f- how long. Uh, there was some mixed signals on that of out for the year. Uh, we know now that he was walking around the locker room with no crutches, no limp, no brace, no boot, no nothing. So um, we'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, do you stick with Dennis Daly? Do you stick? Do you go call um, Eric Fisher or was it Eric Flowers? I mean, who, who do you who do you call? Or do you do you stick with the, the your in-house options? Listen, I mean, if you're staying in-house, after what we saw on on Monday night from Dennis Daly, why why would you play him over Dylan Ray Duns? Like, 
At worst, you're going to get the same terrible performance. At best, you're you're getting a guy that was your second round pick out there, and he's performing as he should be. Uh, I don't see an upside to playing daily over Redunds if they're staying in house. Is it not right now? Is it not just trial by fire? I mean, do you not just have to try Radens at this point? I mean, he's there. You, you should him for a reason. I, I, you absolutely do not move MPF to left tackle. No, no I don't think so either. And they're talking about it. I know they're talking about it. It's. Uh, uh, well, I, I think it's a situation where you you roll with Ray Duns and and you hope you hope and pray that he lives up to to his draft status. It's not good. So we, we got a few Twitter questions, and we'll talk about a few. I'll kind of do kind of rapid fire. Uh, why does Todd Downing still have a job? This is from at I need a Mulligan one. We all need a Mulligan right now. I'm playing golf tomorrow too. No, no so kidding. Um, no kidding. I mean, man, I I think we're asking we're all asking the same question, and a couple of us well, asked the question when he was hired in the first place because we knew what he was like as one hundred percent in Oakland. Rabel said it today. Uh, there's going to be no changes. They're going to get back to the basics again. What does that mean? How long does this, this last, though? If the Titans do start, if they lose next week, and they, they look bad again, then what? I mean, how long in the season? And so Mike comes unglued from the loyalty to Todd Downing to say this is bigger than bigger than our friendship, Todd. I I, I got to do something else and give the reins to Tim Kelly or whoever else in, in the offense. Um. um I don't know that anything publicly happens to Todd Downing this season. No, so I, you think... Inter- I think internal things could happen where maybe Tim Kelly is the game day signal caller or something. I'm I don't know obvious. that we'll ever know about it. I'm, I'm, I'm with be you, obvious. Chris. I'm with you. I mean, I think I think it'd be obvious to, to fans as well, but I, I don't know that, especially seeing how Vrabel handled the defensive coordinator situation. Uh, a few years ago, I I just don't know that I think, Downing gets fired in the season. I think if anything, we if that's what happens, we just hear rumors throughout the season of, hey, Tim Kelly's presence is a little bit more involved in the offense. Tim Kelly's been a little bit more in the offensive room. Tim Kelly's had a little bit more say and stuff like that. It's not going to be fully of he's taken over the reins. I'm with you, Chris. Yeah. Um, this is from at I am the mighty oak. Daniel Frazier, uh, he said every time the Titans have been the number one seed, they lost their first game in the divisional round and then collapsed and missed the playoffs the next season. History is shaping up to repeat itself. Why do the Titans collapse every time after being the number one seed? Uh, Daniel, I don't know, man. I, that's, I think it's I think it's too early to, to say that that's going to be the case. I completely year. agree. Um, I, I hope it's a situation where they turn it around and we, you know, we're having a Having the conversation about how you know they got that bugaboo off their back. Uh, at Hound Dog Sports One, yesterday felt like the end of an era. Probably the last year of Tannehill, Henry, and Lawan as Titans. What I love the most right now, and I said it the other night on Twitter. First off, Titans Twitter was electric the other night. Yeah. He takes the overreactions. Um, I think that's what I love the most about this fan base is that they are so wishy-washy and they are never afraid to speak up when things are good, things are bad. I've always said that if the Titans won the Super Bowl, they would be pissed off about how many points they won by. <laughs> I, I swear. They yeah. won by 12. Not enough. I don't want the Super Bowl. 
um, but I don't think it's the end of an era yet. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, if you've been listening to this podcast, we've been saying for the last 10 months that that's probably going to be the case no matter what because of the contract situations with all of them. Um, maybe not Henry, uh, but, I mean, there's a good chance Titans move on from Tannehill after this season. There's a really good chance Titans move on from Taylor Lewan after this season. So, uh, just based on their contracts. Um, I, I don't think it's the end of an era. I mean, I, this is the Vrabel era more than anything. I, I don't think, I think the, the players aren't the era, the, the, the coaches. I think this is a pretty good question. At Lawnmower85, last night made it clear that the team isn't close to competing at the top of the AFC. To me, just making the playoffs doesn't matter. I'd rather use this year to look forward to 2023 at this point. What's a realistic goal for the team this year, and how would you use this year? Well, as we've been talking about, it's the Titans are 0-2. They're not 0-8. There's a lot of football. There's 15 games left. I think yeah. it's too this early a, to overreact. There's a 17-game season. You know, we're not used it's to that. It's way too but. early to overreact. What if this team gets hot? Like, what if they yeah. – I mean, we've seen it happen before. They get better it's, as the year goes on. It, this is a team that the goal is 100% still to win the division. Hey, man, 2000, 2019, you went into Denver. You got shut out. You have a comeback win against the Chargers in Jeffrey Simmons' first game. Then you go to Carolina the next week and look – absolutely awful you look horrible you have a losing record and you make it to the afc championship game there's still there's still yeah. plenty of time left and for me dude yeah, for and- me, i've never been the the tank like you always play as hard as you can until the very last second i'm with you i'm totally with you and you know i keep seeing the stats about oh teams that start owing two don't usually make the playoffs well we don't usually have 17 game seasons um, it, it changes things. And let's remember the Colts started 0-3 last year and would have been in the playoffs if they could actually win a game in Jacksonville. So. <laughs> let's see. Um, at WT Carnes, is Derek Henry irreparably broken or does he just need a competent O-line? O- he needs a competent O-line. 100, yeah. 100%. And again... We're not saying his name any anymore on this podcast. Jared Stillman, nothing against you, bro. You just suck at your job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but his tweet was it was accurate. The video was accurate that it's not Derek's fault. It's the line's fault. Uh, three guys whipped on that one block. If you want to go see what I'm talking about, go look at his tweet. Um, but it's not Derek. I, I understand he looks slower. He's lost his step. We want to say he's. It's the end of Derek. Trade him. Cut him. Whatever. It's his. He, he can't even earth. show that he's lost his step because he. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he has not been ahead of chance. Yeah. I mean, he's getting stopped in the backfield consistently, and it, it has nothing to do with Derek Henry. It has. He's shown to do some with flashes. Time. He showed a few flashes against um, Bu- uh, Buffalo, and then a few against New York, but nothing. Nothing true. You know. He had a really so. good that I think it was an eighteen yard run against New York. Yes, that was really nice. The classic, it felt like a classic Derek a Derek run. But hey, look, Alex here at AJTX twenty. Let's say the Bills actually are in a league of their own, which I think we all think that they are. While this loss is bad, we are being a bit dramatic for our disdain in this team. It's only two games out of 17, and I still see us as the clear division favorites. 
I think we need to hold our horses. What's, Shout out what's Alex. What's his name? Alex Fax. Dude, that's facts. That's that's the Fax, way yeah. like, you can be upset while still being optimistic and looking towards the future. And this is a team that's a missed field goal away from being one and one Fax. right now. We'd be having a completely different it's conversation. A missed, it's a missed uh, better third down call. Like It almost didn't even have to come down to the field goal. Yeah. Uh, at Tree Fitty, uh, why does Vrabel hold the players accountable but not the coaching staff in press conferences especially? Why does the scheme seem to matter more than the players? Uh, example, having Hollister Carter in on critical situations, thinking we don't need A.J. Brown. Well, I do agree with you there, Corey, about the Hollister, Torrey Carter in on critical situations. Those two should never be in the game on a third down or you know, a critical be situation the at all. 100%. But, but I, I do, I, I do disagree about the variable holding the players accountable, but not the coaching staff. Um, if you yeah. listen to press conferences, I don't know which ones you're listening to Corey. Uh, but variable was, he holds everybody accountable. Um, yeah. everybody has gotta, to improve. They have a job gotta to coach do. better. Got to play better. 100%. I, I don't ever hear, um, Vrabel, you know, that's, that's not who he is saying that it's the player's fault, not the coach's fault. That's not who he yeah. is. Vrabel has so much self accountability, um, and and I think that I think that uh, is showcased by the leaders of the team too. I mean, you don't hear Kevin Byard really, you know, talking about well the coaches did something wrong or anything. It's always you know we just have to do, be better. Um, so I, I think he's projected that onto the rest of the team in, in most instances. Uh, that's all the Twitter questions. Good Shout stuff. Out. Appreciate Thank you guys. You. Yeah, those were great questions. Tweet, tweeting at us. Uh, so the Titans face the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Uh, I'm excited they're wearing the baby blue on the navy. I like that look. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a solid look. A little two-tone um, action. Yeah. So, again, we talk about the Raiders are 0-2. Are uh, they gave up a pretty bad 20 to nothing lead against the Cardinals at home last week. Um, but this is still a team that, that can, can give you mismatch problems. They're kind of similar uh, to the to the Bills, um, a All-Pro wide receiver, Devontae Adams, a very good quarterback, and Derek Carr, uh, Josh Jacobs is somebody you still need to, to watch out for. They have a uh, speed speed guy, slot guy, and Hunter Renfro, and then a top five tight end in Darren Waller. So this this is a team that can give you some mismatch problems on offense. What are you guys most um, concerned about? Uh, offense or defense about the Raiders? Who's going to block Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? I'm being honest. Like we've harped on the O line this whole time, but that's legitimately what's scary. That and the fact, man, that Caleb Farley might be the one guarding Devontae Adams. Those are the two things that that bother me the most. Yeah, I, I mean, I think to to your second point there, I think the big concern isn't just. Uh, Devontae, but if if Hunter Renfro was healthy, he is battling concussion issues right now. Um, <clears throat> so there's a chance he might not play, but assuming he does, uh, you know, you're you're down Elijah Molden and Ugo Amadi right now in the slot. And he's a legit uh, if, slot receiver too. <clears throat> yeah, and if and if Fulton's if Fulton's not out there, uh, I mean, you you're 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 playing. Roger, Roger McCreary, Kayla Farley on the outside. What are you doing in the slot? Trey Avery. I mean, Chris Jackson is on IR now. Trey Avery is your only option. That's it. Uh, other than 
Other than uh, the guy they signed to Terrence Mitchell. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, Brett, what are you going to do? You're going to call Theo Jackson up and throw him in the slot? I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a situation where the 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 slot corner depth is non-existent at this point. Not having Elijah Mold out there kind of hurts his team right now. Big time. Uh, very much so. And there's no chance he can play very too until so. week five. So. You, I mean, you really you have to hope that Ugo uh, Ugo is is okay to play. And the thing that sucks too is today, with his ankle again, Ugo was a did not practice. Yep. And if that's still the case on Friday, then he's not playing. I want to see this pass rush get back to it uh, Sunday. Uh, obviously, you know, not a whole lot. Um, they're kind of they're very quiet in the first half. Monday night, but they, the first drive of the second half of the Bills, you kind of saw uh, some pressure. Autry had a few good plays. Uh, get back to that. Simmons having a few sacks. Weaver. Um, if Bud plays, which I'm assuming he will, uh, have a few sacks. Uh, but just got to put pressure on, on the Raiders and got to get off on third down. If you guys remember that first drive Monday night, uh, they should have got off the field on the first first three and out. Uh, missed a couple tackles. And they obviously went down the field and scored. But they went three for three on that first drive. So getting off the field is going to be super important for this defense. Um, so, yeah, I want to see getting after Derek Carr. Because he's not a super mobile guy. He's going to stay in the pocket. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, the pass rush has to get, get going again. It's, it's really the catalyst, right? I mean uh, – it's going to make it easier for the inside linebackers. It's going to make it easier for the the uh, defensive backs. Pass rush has to get going. Um, you know, Weaver Weaver looked electric against the Giants, especially in that first half. So, if he can get back to that, if Simmons can get some solid, solid push up front, I think it's going to be okay. But Bud being hurt is is kind of scary. He was also DNP um, today. Bud Dupree was. Yeah, and. Uh, they had signed Tap Tap uh, Tap McKinley Tap McKinley Tap McKinley you know, to the uh, practice squad, but he got scooped up by the Rams Correct. today. So depth depth at at outside linebacker is <clears throat> is a problem. Uh, I don't Damn. think we have to be concerned about Ola not playing. I think he'll play, um, but he's fighting some stuff right now too. So other side of the ball, I, I, you want to see Derry get going, but again, it all falls on the offensive line and what they do. Um, but beside that, Robert Woods. Use him. Gotta start man, him. Use him. Use the man. Throw some deep balls. I know we were so yeah. excited in the in the offseason about Tim Kelly, uh, and and that was one of his strong points was uh, was stretching the field, and that's something that they have not done yet. They stretched at all the field season. less this year than what they did last year, and they didn't do it a lot last year. Throw Robert Woods the football. Good things yeah. happen when you throw him the football. Yep. Same thing with Trey. Yeah, that he made that one play that got called back with the Ben Jones face mask um, call, but, I mean, he looked awesome on that play. I'd love to see him with the ball in his hands more. Dude, you have to get him and Traylon Burks the ball more. Use, you have to. Have use to. Have the to. freaking tight ends. Please. You, it, it, yeah. Use your top weapons like they the Bills just used Stephon Diggs. 14 catches. And you, and you know what's the most interesting is that that first drive, that really nice scoring drive, they used Traylon Burks and Austin Hooper. Yeah, it, it's like 
it's like if Todd Downing scripts plays, they're fantastic. But bro, then just have- some uh, some bug just just dropped down from the ceiling, bro. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, but scripted plays are seem to be working this year. It's everything else when he has to go off the cuff that are that's a problem. Yeah, there's just no there's no adaption throughout the game. Right. We haven't even talked about punt returner. <laughs> oh my god, Kyle Phillips. Dude. Hey, and then the next and, one, Imani does it, and then you have to throw Robert and Woods then Imani did out it. there. That that end over ear punt was uh, was not something they could handle. Clearly, it was. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what happens this next week at punt returner. I think he goes I, back I, I don't know if it's gonna be Kyle Phillips again. Who's, who's you think so? Who's it gonna be though? I don't know, but that's back to back weeks, man. Robert Woods. Dude, I don't want him back there though, because what if he gets no, hurt? I don't, I don't either. Mean, I mean. Chris, the only Chris, the only way I want him back there is if he's uh, fair catching. Chris, everything. if Robert Woods goes out there and gets hurt, you're looking at Cody Hollister possibly being wide receiver three. Put NWI back there. Can he return a punt? Well, hey, speaking of him, he's kind of been very relevant. This Non-existent. So yeah, and I hate that because we've known NWI to be a consistent NWI. receiver. I do too. It's I, weird. I think it's a scheming thing, dude. I really uh. do. Yeah. The scheme I, sucks. I really do. It's awful. Because, you, dude, Chig ran the fastest 40 of any tight end at the NFL Combine. Austin hey, but we, send him on the seam route. Send him yeah. on the seam route. Yeah. It, it, it just we, we will, makes sense. But they will do end arounds to him on third and one. So that, that always I don't, look, look, that always works. I know Taylor missed the block. But I don't want – don't call that. I don't care. Don't call that. Yeah. You could sneak it for more yards. I, I really, I mean, looking back on it, I don't necessarily think the play call was the problem. I think it was execution. I agree, but I don't have to get cute. You try to get cute. Yeah, just don't get cute. Get back, like Vrabel said, get back to the basics. Like I would have been just, just fine. With a, I would have been just fine with the Tory Carter handoff right there as, as the fullback guy. Yeah, or you know what I would have been fine with? Ryan Tannehill falling forward. Yeah, uh, because I mean, that succeeds when he does it every time. After they went down twenty four seven, it's just like, all right, now what? Like, can, can they can they can they at least try to make a comeback? Can they can they put any points up? And it just it just got worse from the there. That, I, so, yeah. to me, guys, and the, this is my personal opinion, but I think that was the second worst loss in Titans history, other than fifty nine to nothing in, in New England I, behind the Patriots loss. Just how it happened, like they just from the from the after the first drive. It just went from bad to worse to fucking piss poor. Like you it made, I mean, it worse, made worse than on national TV. Well, you had to put your back up. Yeah, that too, one hundred percent. They kept showing split screen on the TV, so I mean, it's <laughs> true. That's true. And it hurt because AJ Brown's just catching a pass over the middle. <laughs> oh, um. All right, let's get a name that Titan. Our favorite part of the episode. It's time for Name That Titan, presented by Spencer Montgomery, realtor and auctioneer. Uh, so, Brett, Chris, you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. This player was drafted in the seventh round in 2012. You love that 2012? Seriously, man. Do I? Yeah. Do I? It's like the second or third time we've done two thousand. All right, so he was not drafted by the Titans. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to tell you a whole Interesting. 
Um, let's see a whole lot. So let's let's go to another hint. He played for the Titans for three seasons. Wow. Jonathan Cyprian. Oh, Brett? that's a good guess. Um, nah, he might have been drafted before that. I'm just going to say Adam Humphreys. Okay. He played for the Titans between 2016 and 2018. Mariota era. Huh. Go ahead. Yeah. Nothing? No. Not yet. This one may give it away. You say that every time, though. I, I, but this one, if you think about 2016, think about this. In his first season with the Titans, he set a career high in receiving yards with 945 and nine touchdowns. Um, Justin Gage? No, Rashard Matthews. No, he would have been. Let's Matthews. Rashard Matthews. Let's go. Adam Boyd. Nice. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. The next get the next one would have been like, "Hey, I requested a trade. Get me out of hell out of here." And then I'm gonna retire. You mean, y'all remember that that I'm, whole that whole? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the the, the tweet so that he put weird. out? Yeah, the poem yeah. that made no sense. That, dude, what a pansy! Yeah. That was weird, dude. That was weird stuff. I can't say the the one the one word that I want to say. <laughs> that was a uh, he was fun. Spelled though. spelled yeah. in the same amount. He was of soft for a little bit. He was solid. Uh, bro. All right, to wrap up the episode, we will talk about our bowl predictions for Sunday against the Raiders. Um, I'll go first. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say Austin Hooper scores a touchdown. I like that. That's a bold prediction right now. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I just want to say hoop at the game. That's all it is. <laughs> bro... <laughs> Can my bold prediction just be the Titans win? <laughs> Can it just be the Titans win? <laughs> I mean, At this point, yeah. Make that my bold prediction. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a little two piece here. Uh, two piece. Tra- Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips both have their first career touchdowns. My gosh, man! I like it, but man. Bold of you to think the Titans scored two yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, think, considering <laughs> they averaged 13 a game. Wow, man. Uh, we will see who's the most wrong next we week. We were so off. We were so bad last week. Yeah. Well, that, we, I blame that on them. They didn't give us a chance. <laughs> All right. For Brett Batcher, for Chris Carter, my name is Austin Nelson. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast as always. Get us on Twitter at Second in Victory. Uh, make sure you subscribe, hit follow wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate the support. Hey, we, we we're doing a little better each week. We just need the Titans Stay to do a little bit better each positive. week. Positive. Stay positive. There's a lot of season left. A lot of lot a lot of football left. But as always, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. What's up, guys? It's Austin with Second of Victory. In case you missed it, Music City Audible with Justin Mello and Justin Graver dropped earlier this morning, so go check that out. And don't miss the Mike Hernan show later this afternoon. you got to get an insider pass to that. So go check that out at broadwaysportsmedia.com.